Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Chris and Obi. How are you both? Delightful. Delightful, okay. Good, thank you. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Delightful, I like that word. Um, this week we've got a few new releases <laughs> um, such as uh, Adam Project, Turning Red, and uh, I've watched X, uh, which actually is the only cinematic release. Um, but we've had a few trailers, um, some film news, um, and we've got Moon Knight releasing in 10 days as we record. So it seems to be hot enough on Disney+. Plus. Um, they've just had all of the, what they're calling Defenders series, uh, put on there, which much to certain parents um, disgust, which makes no sense to me if you've got things like Pam and Tommy on there, but hey-ho. Um, so yeah, I mean, what do you guys, do you have any strong opinions Glenn, on it? Glenn, stop, sorry. <laughs> Chris, can you mute yourself? Why are you making noise, please? <laughs> I'm not making any noise. There's definitely a lot of noise. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just sitting there. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, so the Defender series, you've got Daredevil, Luke Cage, um, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, the Defender series, Punisher, all on Disney Plus now. Um, I haven't actually checked where they are within the kind of categories of Disney Plus. So have you, either of you, is it within Marvel? itself is it in like the heritage thing like some of the old x-men stuff is i look today it's in the marvel it's in the marvel category um but it's not like it as far as i can tell it's not like in its own like little subsection but yeah it's just in the marvel bit does that make you think it's canon um i don't i still don't think it is i well i don't yeah i don't know i just don't think it is i think like the characters that we've seen, the Vincent D'Onofrio, the, uh, sorry, what's his, Kingpin, sorry, Wilson Fisk, yeah, and the Daredevil scene, I think they're going to be different iterations of these characters, um, but I would like for Marvel to clarify that, because it would, not that it's confusing, it would just annoy me a little bit, to be fair, if they don't clarify. Yeah, and they're also, I'm seeing strong rumours of a season four of Daredevil being um, produced. Now, if they call it season four, then you said, you know, it seems to suggest that it's continuing. Yeah. Or... Well, I think, I reckon they'll do it like, you know how like Top Boy have done, Top Boy, season three is technically Top Boy and big, and then season one and two is Top Boy Summer House. I think they're going to do it like that. Mm. I think. Yeah. I, I think them putting this content on Disney Plus suggests that they are open to more mature content being like housed under these banners. Mm. Um, I don't expect, you know, Avengers 6 to be an 18 because Punisher's in it, but I think certainly they can run concurrently. And then when they do cross over, you know, you, they just tone that character down a bit. Um, I mean, we discussed last time with Batman that you can you know, suggest quite a lot, you know, a strong level of violence. Um, and at least in America, it'd be contained within PG-13. So I wonder if I do that. I think the problem with 
So I think it's different for Batman than it is for like the other ones. So like when you've got something like Punisher and like Deadpool, for example, who I think rely quite heavily on that on both language and like ex- in Punisher's case, extreme violence. I think to then tone them down when they're in the up when they if they were to cross over with like typical MCU films, I think would. Um, I don't think it would please many people. I think they can definitely have them say they'll get there in the same universe and stuff like that. But then if you come across Deadpool and suddenly he's not making like all of his, you know, stupid baby, you know, wanking jokes and stuff like that, like it's gonna, it's I don't know. I think people might not might not be so super positive towards those because those are the things that attracted to them to those characters in the first place. Yeah, I think if if they tone down their solo films, then I would understand that reaction. But if you're, you know, say for whatever reason, one of them shows up in um, Doctor Strange 2, like just because Deadpool is in it for two minutes and doesn't say fuck off, that, you know, people are not going to be like, oh, you've toned him down. I think if if their kind of role is not huge, then you can get away with it, I think. Mm. But yeah, I mean, look forward to seeing what they do with that. Also, I've like, um, got a very fan, yeah. a fan now, based on, um, like, obviously his inclusion in, like, Fortnite and stuff like that. So I think some characters can be, maybe it won't be flattering for the pre-existing audience, but a newer audience it might not actually be that bad for. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, have you both seen the trailer for Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? It's alright. Yeah, it looks fun. Like it's like it looks like a I think then you said in the group chat like it's like it's right on my street kind of thing. It looks like a teen bit of teen angsty teen drama kind of thing, throwing a bit of superhero vibes in there, you know, Bob's your uncle, that's right up my alley. So um I think it looks like it looks very oh because guys probably haven't seen it, but very much like um Netflix, uh, those original films do, you know, like To All the Boys I Loved Before and Never Have I Ever and all that stuff for anyone who's seen those. Um, so, yeah, I th- I'm curious to know how um, or if, like, we get a, like a Captain Marvel appearance or maybe a cameo or something like that, because obviously this girl's like obsessed with Captain Marvel. Um, I'm curious to know how she actually um, gets her powers, because I know they've shown like this little bracelet thing. I'm wondering if it's connected to Shang-Chi in some sort of way, maybe like bracelet rings, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I'm wondering who like the bad the bad guys are going to be. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think visually it was pretty cool. I liked the vibe of the trailer as well. I thought the, um, the soundtrack they used, the, the backing soundtrack, definitely matched the vibe of the trailer. Um, so yeah, I think it was, a good, it was a good trailer. I'm looking forward to it. Do you think the um, kind of, you know, there's like the speech bubbles that come out and like the drawings like devil horns and, you know, that sort yeah. of kind of comic book vibe. Do you think that was just for the trailer or can you see that kind of progressing into the show? Um, I, I think it's, I, I hope it's in the show because I like, I liked that little, because it was very like um, something that a child would do kind of thing, like, and, or like a young you know, a young adult, somebody who's obsessed with comic books and obsessed with Avengers would do. So I hope they they, hopefully they don't overdo it, but I wouldn't mind if they do it, you know, here and there, put the, like the little annotations in and stuff like that. I think it would make them for a nice little uh, sh- tone, tonal shift, I guess, from 
what we've seen before in uh, Marvel films and TV shows. Yeah, it really would be a, a departure. So it's about Kamala Khan, who is a particular fan of Captain Marvel. Um, she's it's like a coming of age thing while she's at high school, and then she somehow gains her own powers. That's kind of all we really so do you know, know about how, it. Um, do, you, do you know how she gets powers? No, I don't. How, how does she do it in the comics? So I, I believe she gets it from the ter, ter, <clears throat> the Terrigen Mist, which I think is the mist from uh, Inhumans. Inhumans. But I was oh, wondering, okay. if they're gonna do? <laughs> yeah, that's so Dan's reaction. I wonder if they're actually gonna do that because Inhumans are so unsuccessful. Oh, so it's not the bracelet giving her powers. Okay, so what does the bracelet do? No, no, I'm just saying. I hope the bracelet doesn't give her powers. Oh, okay. Because I feel like that's just such an easy way of like nullifying her powers do you know what I mean like if they take them braces off she's done mm. yeah. I mean they've also changed her, her powers yeah, slightly haven't they because mm. originally she's like kind of really stretchy and stuff and now it kind of she seems to have sort of, sort of like a phantom fist that comes out in one of the shots and some sort mm. of like cosmic beams so yeah oh uh, I think she can change matter I think it's her power, or I could be wrong. Oh, so I think that's why she can change her physical characteristics and stuff. I think from the game, her powers, her powers look very similar to um, what's his face, yeah. Mr. Fantastic. So I'm wondering maybe that that's why they changed it because they're planning on doing something with Mr. Fantastic pretty soon. What was that, Chris? What game's this? Avengers. Ah, look at you, gamer, gamer now. Mm. <laughs> the, game's not very, think... the game's not very good, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so, so, according to this thing I'm reading, she's got morphogenics, which Camilla's cells manifest mutable properties due to the fact that she is able to share her mass through time with different versions of herself on a molecule level. She, I can, she can proper affect hmm? other versions. She can affect other versions of herself. Hmm. No, I think she's able to share properties with other versions of herself. Like, kind of like Venom can go to different, ver- uh, like, fill different uh, universes and stuff. Bloody hell. And then she's well, got elongation, size alteration, and then some other things as well. Okay. Well, according to the uh, much trusted source, Wikipedia, um, Ms. Marvel. Uh, gains the ability to harness cosmic energy and create constructs with nega bands, which I don't know uh, what a nega band is. So maybe um, that's maybe that's what's around her wrists. So maybe she's got the powers, but the bands manipulate her powers to do other things. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, the trailer was was fine. It didn't kind of get me too excited about it, but um. I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch it because, you know, continuity and all of that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, well, I wonder also if this is a... Is this... A, do you expect this and Moon Knight to be kind of just limited series? So one and done, and then they kind of integrate into the films? Or do you expect some of these characters to spend most of their time in a series? I assume Moon Knight will stick to a series, whereas 
depending on how well she gets tr- uh, traction, she may or may not get a film. I think I think for both of these, how well the series are received, I think depends on whether or not they get season two. You don't think they'll go film at all? Not yet, no. I just don't think Moonlight... Oh. I just don't even, I'm, I'm just not even that gassed about Moonlight, Moonlight, even from the trailer. So it would take a lot, I feel, for me to be like really happy to like want to see more. The press screenings for Moonlight have come out, and obviously we don't get invited for season two. But um, it's been positive reaction so far from the first four episodes. Um, but then, you know, do we trust professional critics here on rubbish critics? I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> it lies before, so we've got ten days. I'm intrigued by it. I think when I watched the trailer, I was whelmed, but. Um, I think his his British accent sounds pretty dodgy, but I'm sure they explain that away. That's awful. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's a re- apparently there's a reason for it being like that. Apparently, um, but yeah, I like Oscar yeah. Isaac, so that's, that's the main reason why. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Was there more than one scene oh. in the where you actually hear him in a British accent? Uh, he's when he's doing the voiceover is when I think is the only time I think he does it really. That's Doing a piss take voiceover for that moment because I don't have yeah. ability. I'm not sure. He has like disassociative personality disorder or something, doesn't he? Um, I'll be a superpower, surely. No, I think one of his <laughs> one one of his um personalities is I don't know, some sort of Egyptian god or something. <laughs> apparently his um apparently his name was mentioned in uh Captain America the Winter Soldier. Remember when um Jasper what's his face? Like lists the name of people who he says will be dangerous in the future. Like says Stephen Strange and a load of other people. Apparently he was yeah. one of the people he said as well. Two of the names in that series still haven't been identified as, as characters. Mm. But did he was is he the is he the same actor who played Apocalypse? Yeah, yeah. yeah, same one. Same kind of information uh, um, there, if it's uh, Egypt, in it. Yeah, I mean, also if um, Patrick Stewart is in Doctor Strange two, does that mean that all of the X Men films are canon, and therefore is Oscar Isaac, you know, canonically both Apocalypse and? <laughs> There's no way that that's not happening. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> not happening. <laughs> and if I. I don't know how to say his name properly. Iron Grifford from uh, the original Fantastic Four. If he turns up in Doctor Strange 2, then that means that Chris Evans is canonically. Um, yeah, it's not happening, mate. Don't get It's not happening. To be fair, they, actually, they, they, they did it in um, they did it in the crossover. one of the CW crossovers when um, so Brandon Ralph, who played Superman in Superman Returns. He then went on to do the CW shows and he played the Atom. And then um, he like sees, I think Supergirl sees him uh, in like a different version of him. He says, oh, he looks like my cousin. So like, it's, they kind of like did like a little inside joke there. So they may, you never know, maybe they'll do like a little thing where Mr. Fantastic goes, oh, he looks like someone I know, to like um, Captain America or something like that, you know, which would be kind of funny. Yeah. But I don't think they will. Yeah, fair enough. 
I think it's Moonlight um, that's going to cross over, but it could be Miss Marvel. But one of the uh, Marvel Disney Plus shows will have a slight crossover with the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Um, actually, it must be Miss Marvel because Miss Marvel, Obi-Wan. yeah. Obi Wan comes out on May twenty fifth. They missed a trick there by not premiering it on May the fourth. But absolutely, hey, no. absolutely. Um, what what are your feelings about this show? So, uh, Obi, you've got a better memory for things like trailers. So, do you want to talk us through the trailer, what we see? Uh, we talk about Kenobi right now. Yes. Yeah, Kenobi. Um, so the trailer follows Obi Wan, uh, Ewan McGregor. Um, he's there's like a little voiceover. He's saying like, uh, "The battle's over. We lost." I was getting emotional. Um, then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like um, in Tatooine. He's got the binoculars. He's looking over a, a young Luke who's like pretending he's in a uh, fight, flying something, maybe like a pod, a pod race or is, something like is that. Is that Mark Hamill de-aged? <laughs> Imagine. Skywalker, <laughs> <laughs> or are you dreaming? What's that say? Did I actually say it's Skywalker? Or you just I mean, it definitely is. <laughs> Who else is it going to be? Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, and then what else happens in the trailer? So then it kind of like flips. So then they there's like a still shot of like um you can see Kenobi's back and they start playing Duel of the Fates from I think it's a Phantom Menace film, um which is actually like proper like it's a good little soundtrack. Anyway, um and then the voices the young voiceover of what I think are called Sith Inquisitors who I think are um, so I've heard conflicting stories, Chris, maybe you can confirm. I've heard that they are um, basically just people who are force sensitive, but not like full on Siths. But obviously their job is to hunt down Jedis after Order 66. And I've also heard that they are former Jedis who got converted to the other side to be to be to be Sith people and to then hunt Sith Inquisitors, Sith, sorry, to then hunt uh, Jedis and people who are potentially going to be jealous i don't know which one that is but um yeah so then they show a few clips of them kind of like their little base thing um they show a couple of them like um on the hunt for jedis and saying that like you know jedis were always going to show themselves because of like the morals they have like they can't help themselves da, 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 da. Um, they show uncle owen um played by joe edgerton who's aged really well um they show what else that Sifid crystal with a massive head um, Sorry, he's, you said Uncle Owen. Yeah, Luke's uncle, Uncle Owen. Oh, is he? Is that who he's playing in it? Yeah, oh. that's who he was in the in the originals, isn't it? In the sorry, not the originals. Uh, one, two, and three. Um, was he? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a big role. No, it was before he became like Hollywood famous. Yeah. We see, we see, we see Anakin's uncle. No, Luke's uncle. Luke's uncle, yeah. In yeah. one, three. Mm-hmm. I think it might yes. just be it might just be two and three. That little sand dome thing in um in in the desert. It must be number one because that's when the the speed no, race. It can't be number one because you only see his mum in number one. Yeah, it's two and three. It's just two and three. And my memory um, three is not as good as my memory is number one, so it must be two and three then. All right. Good throwback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has like a little scene with one of the Sith Inquisitors. Um, 
and yeah, the, and then they show like different shots. I think of one town that doesn't look like Tatooine. Um, a new like probably looks like a new like little planet. Um, it's quite vibrant. Um, and then uh, I think they show Obi Wan fighting with um, with a what's it called with a uh, blaster, which is funny because I think in the originals he says oh blasters are so primitive. But I think he's fighting with one in it. And then yeah, then there's a load of birds. Um, and then yeah, the trailer ends. Pretty cool. I swear I only just watched the trailer before this thing and I don't remember birds or a blaster, but maybe I'll stop watching for a moment. <laughs> I, I I also kind of misremembered that Darth Vader was in it, but... Yeah. Was it? Oh, no, he breathes at the end. He breathes at the end. Yeah, oh, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah, he breathes at the end. I'm going to have to rewatch it because I don't remember a blaster. I only I literally only just watched it before we came onto this pod. There's a character with a blaster in his hand. I'm assuming it's Obi Wan. It could be someone else. It's quite good. Jenny's back from the dead, isn't it? I hope so. That'd be great. Yeah, um, I'd love Liam Neeson to be in this. Um, bringing everyone else back. I really hope they do a Force Ghost of him, actually, at least. Yeah, and I mean, if you're bringing back Hayden Christensen, I mean, fucking hell. Yeah, well, how is he going to be involved though? I just don't really. What they're going to do flashbacks or something? I'm assuming it's going to be flashback because. I imagine his face is burnt up to shit right now. So he's 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 done in. He'd probably just stay under the helmet, wouldn't he? Yeah, but then what's the point in bringing him back? <clears throat> what's the point of paying Vin Diesel to say I'm Groot? Fair point. I stand by it. It is not worth it, and I will do it for a, a fortieth of the price. <laughs> a fortieth. Fair enough. <laughs> um, that I'll do it for an 80th of the price. That's still 500k in it. You're negotiating yourself down, Chris. Hey, look, if they give me the job, I'll take it. And then they can they can increment it every more every other film I do it, and I say I, I am great. They can give me some more money. <laughs> um, so obviously this is another series set within the Skywalker saga, and um, from the outset, very much tied to the Skywalker saga. Um, we've discussed in conjunction with Boba Fett and Mandalorian how we want them to move away from this and maybe explore other narratives but um, do you guys make an exception for Obi-Wan Kenobi? I do I like you McGregor so yeah <laughs> I'll make an exception personally. What, did you say? What, did you say? what did you just say? I said uh, you know what are your thoughts on, on them still doing series within the Skywalker saga? Or is it like it's okay because it's like Obi Wan? See, this is yeah. I think I kind of agree with Obi. Like to me, and it's the same with the Boba Fett one. Although, I had, so I spoke to someone the other day, and someone the other day said they really like the Boba Fett series, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I I'm of the opinion this wasn't needed. I don't really think I care too much what happens between uh, this and Number Four. Um, but then again, I didn't think I'd really care about Rogue One. I really like that film. And it is Hugh McGregor, so it's you'd like to think it's guaranteed a, a good or a, a semi-good review. Um, so yeah, I think I think they get a pass because they brought back Hugh McGregor really. So yeah, but how many this? Because if it's six episodes, I think it's six. Ah, oh. <laughs> either make the episode shorter and make a few more episodes. Don't make it six. It's so like. I think it's different for, personally for these. Um, so I think the Mandalorian done well with their eight episodes each. I think they did. They've done their storytelling well. I think the other shows, to be fair, Boba Fett and the Marvel shows, not so much. But 
if they can follow the Mandalorian all of it, another month. The six yeah, episodes. It's weird, isn't it? Because um, one division was, I think, nine episodes, and there was quite a disparity between like the longest and shortest episodes. And you think, okay, they're kind of not having to stick to this rigid structure um, of that kind of cable television imposes, isn't it? You know, you have to have twenty-minute episodes, and they've got to be thirty-five of them every series or whatever. But you mm. think if they're putting this on their own platform, then the episodes can be as long or as short and as many or as few as they want. But other than one division, they've all been six, forty to forty-five minute long episodes. Yeah, very generic. I would say. Yeah. yeah, I've heard. I've heard that um, She-Hulk will be slightly different. That it might be like shorter episodes more often. But, um... Is it comical She-Hulk? Or have I just pulled that off in air? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I, I, I really don't know much about it. I mean, Disney had their Investor Day a few weeks ago, and I thought we would get more um, news, kind of like we did at D23 a couple of years ago. Because there's so much stuff coming out, and they're kind of just drip-feeding us. I mean, we've got like 90 days until Thor 4 comes out, and we've not had a trailer. True. Yeah, I, find, I do find that quite strange. It's very strange. Doctor Strange. <laughs> um, at what point any, are we going to get any content event? of that? Are there any like big sporting events coming up or anything like that that, that advertised on? I don't think um, so. There's the NBA the Oscars, but that's not for a couple of months. Yeah. The Oscars is in a few days. Sorry, I might, yeah. was I a bit blurred then? Sorry. I, I can hear you fine. Okay. Maybe it's me, because you're both kind of cutting them out a bit. Um, but, yeah, so, everyone, um, I think Ian McGregor's a better actor than the uh, prequel trilogy gave him kind of uh, his ability to shine. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. The graphics will be better, you hope. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what they do. I mean, if he doesn't appear in two of the episodes, then... I'm going to have to, you know, <laughs> question John Pavlov. Oh. Um, any other film news or anything you want to discuss? Trailers that have come out? I don't know. I'm trying to see who, who the other reference points were in um, Winter Soldier. Who's the kid from Iowa? One of them was Namor, wasn't it? Um, it's in this thing I'm reading, it's saying Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, Stephen Strange... A man located in Cairo, Egypt, and a valid and a valid Victorian in Iowa City. So I'm assuming the valid the valid Victorian in Iowa City hasn't been um, exposed to us yet. Let's see what the interweb says. Yeah. I don't. I remember looking it up not too long ago, but I couldn't remember who the person was. But I don't it's, think it was anyone I'd heard of. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing's coming up here. From what I'm reading. Yeah, there's nothing, uh, nothing kind of jumping out when I Google that. Um, okay, let's move on to new releases then. So, have we all seen the Adam Project? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. So, this is the second collaboration between Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy. Uh, the first being Free Guy, which doesn't feel like came out that long ago. 
um, starring Ryan Reynolds as uh, Adam, uh, the eponymous Adam. He is from 2050, which is where the film starts, and he uh, time travel is a thing. And uh, he he go, he's injured and steals jet and goes back in time, which he's hoping to go to 2018, but ends up in 2020. Um, he finds his younger self, um, played by Walker Scobell, and uh, basically he needs to try and prevent something bad from happening in the present, which is the future, if that makes any sense. Um, his father has passed away, who's played by Mark Ruffalo, um, and his wife, played by Zoe Saldana, has also gone missing. Um, all in 20, yeah. Uh, so his wife went missing in 2018, which is why he's trying to get back. He thinks that the uh, villain Saurian, played by Catherine Keener, um, had something to do with it. So she's basically in charge of time travel. She has, you know, with the help of Adam's father, they funded it and discover time travel and since uh, Adam's father passed Sorian kind of ran with it and became very wealthy um, and a bit of a megalomaniac um, that's pretty much it uh, as a plot um, they do end up going back in time to 2018 um, and he meets his father and there's sort of like familial kind of catharsis and reunions and uh, he very briefly finds his wife again um, although that was in 2022 so yeah it's kind of yeah after describing it it's difficult because there's lots of time periods but it's a lot easier to follow when you watch it um, I think easy to watch is probably a good way to describe this film um, it has its moments of depth but things happen so quickly that you don't really I, I felt that we didn't really get enough time to kind of linger on those relationships so for example um zoe saldana's character laura kind of comes back and then very quickly dies again um so yeah i mean i, I thought it was all right i thought walker scobar was good as a young adam um and i liked the the depth they had in it um there's a few funny moments but ryan reynolds is basically just ryan reynolds so yeah um there was some terrible de-aging of Catherine Keener playing her uh, younger self but um, apart from that I thought it was fine what did you two think? You go first, no you go for it mate Alright um, yeah I thought it was an easy to watch film I, I, don't, I don't think it was great I don't think it was bad um, Ryan Reynolds pretty much his classic self just with a little bit uh, less sass um, the kid uh, was a bit um, what's the word? Uh, yeah, he was just a bit uh, not arrogant, just a bit. He's just a bit rude. But then I, I, it's like his dad died in it, so he's just a bit um, pissed at life, really. I think. Um, yeah, there's some heartwarming moments, like obviously when Ryan Reynolds goes back, speaks speak, speaks to his mum, but that she didn't notice him, and they have like a real touching moment. Uh, also, yeah, like his him and Zoe Sod. Uh, last name, sorry. Um, their moment was very short-lived. Uh, um, but, yeah. And I feel like... I feel like almost like she could have gone back with them. But it doesn't really matter. Neither here nor there. Um, and their moment at the end was quite sweet. Um, also slightly confusing, but 
Um, that's time travel, I guess. And then... What else? You mean that when they're playing catch and then they disappear? That bit I understood. The bit where Ryan Reynolds and her have their moment in the uh, theatre again. And he realises that he's having that moment. Okay. I, wasn't sure, I wasn't sure if he did realise it. I don't know. Uh, well, my point of my point is that didn't they destroy time travel, and he's still at time travel in school at the end of the film, talking to her and having the exact same moment again where she lost, or is it that they're just showing us that moment again? Well, they're just at an academy. It's not necessarily to do with time travel. But the same thing's happening again to how they first met. Is what I'm saying. I mean, you could look at that in two ways. Either he's aware of it's happened, um, and is reliving it or it's kind of like destined to happen anyway well because... i have no issue with him remembering it because his younger self should remember it but or should he no the way they said it is that once that once that change has happened your memory resets and you don't remember okay and also and also time time travel was destroyed right well mark um uh, what's his name um the dad doesn't really seem to want to get rid of it. So it wouldn't surprise me if he did carry it on, just did it with all his codes and conducts in place because the woman died, didn't she? So... Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, obviously some bits of the film are a bit like super unrealistic because obviously like all three of them jumping from the bridge and making it through the door was pretty unrealistic. <laughs> the whole film's unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, the whole film's unrealistic, but like, I mean, in terms of like what the film is, um, like, yeah, that point was pretty um, far-fetched, but um, what was that? Um, I hope you say some of your points and I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback off some of those. Um, yeah, I'm a bit similar to you guys. I thought it was fine. I think it's a, it's a decent film. It wasn't very long, which I think helps. Um, I think that the there was a couple moments that I laughed at and a lot of moments that I didn't laugh at, but that's very much where I am with Ryan Reynolds' films in general. Um, he does have that like certain uh, that thing where like good, you're going to try so many jokes and hope that a few of them land um, or you hope that most of them land in my in my case they didn't all land but you know enough to keep me entertained throughout the film um, yeah like Chris said there was a few moments that I did really like like between Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jennifer Garner her character um, I feel like she could have been in the film maybe a little bit a little bit more um, it, it was a nice little um, 13 going on 30 reunion with her and Mark Ruffalo um, <laughs> <laughs> which I, which I uh, thought was funny um, uh, and I liked yeah, the, the relationship between well I half liked the relationship between um, uh, the two Adams because um, obviously it was just funny kind of like them two like playing off each other but also I kind of felt like the, old, the older Adam was a bit harsh on the younger Adam at times, um, especially because like you know that like you 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 know it's you like you were this person so like I don't know but maybe he thought that he needed to be a dick to him in order for him to kind of like grow up to be this person because and the thing another thing is like so he when young Adam gets beaten up by the bullies um, in front of bigger Adam he was like oh yeah you needed to lose that fight so that you turn up to be me blah 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 blah. I feel like they didn't do an, they didn't really do enough of that kind of like younger Adam having to go through certain things in order to become the man he is today. They only have that one moment, and I feel like maybe they could have expanded on that a bit more, but they didn't. 
um, which I didn't love. Um, there was like, but uh, there was like two two moments where the um, both younger Adam and older Adam they say they mentioned the bully called Chuck, and for some reason it made me I made me burst out laughing the way they, <laughs> the way they both said it. I think younger Adam in the beginning he says, "Oh Chuck, we, we talked about this," and Chuck's like, "What?" <laughs> he's like, "Shut up, Chuck," and that made me laugh. And then older Adam, like he when he's talking to the other bully, he just goes. Chuck. <laughs> I don't know why. Chuck was looking at him blankly. I don't know why. I mean, start cracking up. That was probably my favourite part of the film, to be honest. Um, but yeah, shout out Chuck. Uh, generally, apart from that, I think that the all like the lightsaber stuff and the fights were actually when um, they looked cool and like visually and in terms of like coordination. But it felt really out of place with the rest of the film. I thought um, because like obviously. Uh, Adam and his wife and whoever else they're like pilots and stuff or they're flyers or whatever but like why are they trained fighters who are they fighting like what what like what <laughs> like who are they fighting against what are they training for like you know yeah there's really... very little um establishment of what actually happens in 2050 I mean this yeah. is a film about time travel which is actually set in what is now the present day like there's very little futuristic sci-fi stuff in terms mm. of like what is Sorian doing that's so bad and what does the world look like it, it was it was strange that they framed it as a time travel film but actually everything's set in 2022 yeah yeah agreed um I didn't love that um I thought it was I liked how like um both both the mum and, and the dad basically knew that older Adam was their son kind of thing or at least they both got like well Mark Ruffalo knew it basically straight away the mum got the inkling and I think pretty sure she knew it as well I like that because, um, like, I like to think. Well, I don't know. You think like if you had a son and you saw an old version of your son, you think like this looks like my son. <laughs> like, then there could just be someone who just looks like your son. So I suppose you'd be a bit. Like, but um, anyway, um, yeah, I thought that maybe Ryan Reynolds and Zoe Saldana could have gotten some more moments together. I did like the moments they, the moments they had, um, but maybe they could have gotten a few more. Um, and yeah, generally, I think it's I think it's fine. Uh, I wasn't. I kind of maybe about an hour in, I was a bit got a bit disinterested. I was like, oh, like, I don't really care about what's going on right now, <laughs> to be honest. And I can't put my finger on why. I didn't love the villains. Maybe that's why or the villain. Um, I thought maybe she was going to have some sort of oh, actually, I killed your dad kind of thing in 2018 or 2021 or whenever he died, but that didn't happen. I think that for a long part of the film, I thought that was what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, that they should have probably actually stuck with. Yeah, I agree. And I thought the third act was a, was was pretty not very good. Um, and the way the, the woman died was, I mean, I guess you know science. So yeah, that's cool. But in terms of actually the way she died, I thought that was pretty lame. Um, and I like the moment where they were playing catch. And uh, yeah, yeah fair. I think I think here as well, didn't I? Because they, they unpurposely threw the ball away, didn't they? So they could disappear. I, that's oh, why. That's why. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't take that, but fair enough. I think, ironically, the worst sections of this film are kind of science fiction stuff. Like, mm. if they just uh, kept it as a family drama about someone from the future coming back to kind of um, unpick their feelings you know about their past self like all of that was really good stuff 
and and like the villain was such a one-dimensional character mm. um you could have removed her and all of that from the film and it would have improved it um mm. you know I, I would happily would have watched a film about ryan reynolds from the future coming back and de- and kind of dealing with all of the you know unresolved emotions and stuff like that um so yeah it kind of felt a bit tonally like seesawing um but i mean you've got sean levy um obviously did free guy and free guy has its moments of of depth as well um i think probably free guy was a better film than this um but they're both teaming up to do deadpool 3 so um yeah any does that give does it kind of increase your expectations or lower them or my expectations are what they are. I'm generally not a massive fan of Deadpool films, so you know, this doesn't make this doesn't sway me either way, to be completely honest. Chris? Yeah, like I, I, I don't dislike Deadpool. I don't particularly like it as much as other people. So, like, for going for a third film, I don't really know what they're going to do to make me really engaged with it, but. I mean, Free Guy was decent. This is decent. Um, on a Marvel budget, I'll probably be able to smash that out. So, yeah, it'll be all right. I think it's interesting to me that the two films they've done so far have been very much like family films um, or family-friendly films. So I wonder, does that suggest that they're going for a different tone for Deadpool 3 I mean what we've heard is that it will be R-rated and will maintain the tone um, but certainly Free Guy and The Adam Project have similarities in, in the kind of family friendly nature of them Yeah I'm not really sure how I would feel about because um, obviously because like the Deadpool stuff I don't particularly care for it um, not that they're bad films, I just don't particularly care for it. Um, but then I don't know how I would feel if suddenly there was like that shift in tone to be more maybe family friendly. I think that would probably annoy me, <laughs> even though I don't really care that much about it. Um, but I think for the general public, I think that would probably be quite a bad idea um, because I think people do really, really enjoy those films. Yeah, and they've got a really strange muddled kind of uh decision to make because Deadpool 2 there's very much like unresolved or like potential for future stuff to happen with Cable obviously played by Josh Brolin um and I'm not expecting him to reprise the role of Thanos again but you know again you've got another actor who's who's ended up playing um dual roles in in the MCU Mm. Uh, and yeah that felt very much at the time obviously it wasn't part of Disney so they probably had a direction for where it was going to go Deadpool 3 and then obviously it was bought and and maybe that had to be adapted slightly Um, I didn't really think Cable was a very good character anyway but it's just interesting to see where they go with that Um, I will briefly talk about X before we uh, do turning red um so x is a slasher film by ty west i'm gonna call him ty i assume it's not ti um 
he's a horror film director pretty much um this is his latest release it's an a24 release which they're fast becoming kind of well renowned for like their kind of indie uh pieces and not exclusively horror but um this is kind of an homage to the slasher films of the 70s and 80s uh this is set in 1979 and follows uh basically a uh it's called an adult movie shoot um so the the kind of director uh slash pimp i guess wayne um hires out this guest house on a ranch um and brings all his friends the sat that the the actresses the actor who's played by kid cuddy um and uh like the sound person and then the, the camera guy um it's set on a ranch with two elderly people who who own it um they only expected one person to be there they clearly they clearly don't know that it's going to be used for, for the purposes it's used for um the first scene of this film is the police going to this ranch and finding like bodies um you don't see who the bodies are um but then it goes 24 hours earlier and then it, when the narrative starts um which is kind of irritating uh, and i said this in my instagram review um which is you have critics on instagram because it's a horror film it's if you if you know texas chainsaw massacre or you even have an idea of what it is you'll get an idea from the from the ranch setting of, of how this film's going to go and there's expectations with that and the expectation is most of these characters will die so by having the first scene with the police doesn't really it doesn't add anything all it does is is establish that all if not most of these characters have perished and then you're going back to see how it happened and there's there's very little tension there um in my opinion um and there's also a part at the end of the first scene where one of the police officers says to the sheriff like points at something as oh my god look at that you don't and that never gets resolved <laughs> you don't see what they're seeing um by the end of the film which is really annoying um mm. but anyway so the first half is, is basically the, the the movie shoot shall we say um and i mean the the clothing budget for this film was probably non-existent um but hey ho um then this film is very knowing in kind of the postmodern horror way um there's a point where they discuss this is a porn shoot not a horror film and one of them goes well um psycho that had a macguffin plot at first and then it switched to horror and then i was like okay well now we're going to get to the killing aren't we um and lo and behold uh, very shortly afterwards um my characters get dispatched um the thing is is despite being very knowing and i've said this before and i'll always probably have this opinion just saying something and then it happening doesn't make it good or doesn't uh excuse the fact that it's not done very well in my opinion there was very much this is very much like two separate films and, and the shift doesn't work that well for me um but in essence the elderly woman witnesses what they're doing um and finds it immoral and everything and, and that's when you know she starts killing some of them and husband then helps um there's also a very weird subplot that 
the old man has got too weak a heart to satisfy his wife properly um, and they wanted to capture uh, one of the characters, um, Maxine, played by Mia Goff, um, so that she could uh, alleviate the stress of the wife, shall we say. Um, but yeah, I mean, three of the characters are killed off very, very quickly. Um, and then there's a kind of cat and mouse for two of the others. But you don't like these characters very much. So when they die, you, you don't really care. Um, and it kind of, you're just sort of like, okay, well, there's two left now. So one of them will probably survive and we'll just wait for the other one. And, and then it'll end. And that's kind of what happened. So I was quite underwhelmed with it. Um, it seems to have got pretty decent reviews. People saying it's a great throwback. But mm. just because something imitates uh films from 45 years ago <laughs> doesn't mean that just doing the same thing is, is good you know i think they should at least try and do something different and he does the little flashes with editing and stuff but it was you know a bit um gratuitous um so yeah would not recommend to be honest um but there's one moment of genuine tension which i describe in the review where one of the characters in a lake and you can see an alligator coming towards her and she doesn't know it and it's filmed from the aerial shot so you can see the alligator getting closer and closer um but other than that nothing to write home about i would say and also something that kind of i realized annoys me in films is if you if the film has a, a, a particular setting i.e this one was 1979 you don't always need to flash the year up in big letters. You can do it in other ways. Like their clothing was clearly from the 70s. Mm. So, you know, the, the settings, you can establish it's 1979 in another way, like a less obvious way, maybe a calendar, maybe something on the news. Like, I just think that to me adds more realism than just boom, we're in 1979. Like, yeah, you can show me that rather than tell me. You know, that sounds like a I know pick, I'm but fair enough. Very hard. I know I'm very hard to please, but uh, yeah. That's X. I think I gave it a five out of ten, which is should be a V then, shouldn't it? Yes. Fair enough. Yeah, I saw people on, on my people I follow on Twitter. They were quite positive about it. So yeah, I thought that you would like it as well. But yeah, guess not. No. I mean, I can see that he's going for like a exploitation homage, but you know. But they did things like that better 40 years ago. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's talk Talking Red. Turning, Turning Red. red. <laughs> Turning Red. Why don't you uh, give us the, the lowdown of this one, Obi? Uh, sure. Turning Red is uh, Disney slash Pixar's newest animated film. It is about a young woman uh, in Toronto uh, Asian Canadian woman in t- Toronto in 2002. Not sure why they made it 2002, but um, yeah, in 2002, who basically um, starts going through this change where <laughs> she turns into a red panda, a big red panda, whenever she gets, um, whenever she feels any sort of strong emotion, anger, sadness, excitement. Um, and basically, it's her trying to navigate. The film's about her trying to navigate her way past uh this change in her life as well as trying to navigate her the relationship with her and her mum 
um, and the feeling that she has to um, be like her mum's like perfect little kind of daughter kind of thing uh, in one side of her life and then also in a, the other side of her life being like being able to grow up into her own person um, the person she wants to be or find out who she wants to be um, and yeah I suppose the, that kind of theme carries on um, throughout the film with uh, this girl May uh, May Ling, May Ling, and her mum Ming, and also uh, the mum and her mum. I can't remember the grandma's name as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the synopsis I would say on the film. Cool. Chris, have you had a chance to watch this one? Yep. Why don't you give us your opinion on it first and foremost? Um. Okay. Um. It was. It, it was. Uh... It's a slightly different take to films than I would usually watch from a Disney uh, Disney animation film, I feel. Uh, although it has its quirks. Uh, uh, I guess it starts off like, are they teenagers? Are they uh, young, younger than teenagers? Yeah, they're, they're 13, I think. 13. They're teenagers, they're all like in love with a boy. I thought it was a bit it like it was a bit of a cringe moment and I kind of like felt sorry for the girl when her mum busts into the shop to tell the guy off because obviously the girl's been writing little love notes or uh, fan, little picture fantasies of like being with the guy and he has nothing he doesn't know anything about it that was it wasn't it I didn't miss that bit did I? yeah 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 that was a bit cringe like when the mum busts into the shop I was just like but I kind of felt sorry for the animated uh, girl um and obviously, like it's it's a bit of a like sad story, really. Like she's a girl who's not really a somebody who's got friends who think she's a somebody, but she obviously's got a bit of like family issues where it's not an issue so much as it hurts her. It's an issue the fact that she can't stand up to her own mother. But her mother's not a bad person. Her mother just wants her to do all these things with her. That's like my interpretation of it. And like. I think the fact that she becomes this red panda and then everyone like loves that she's a red panda is kind of a bit sad in a way because obviously like she needed to do something big to get the attention of everyone. But obviously I don't know if the, sh- the film meant to portray it like that. But um, and the saddest part of it all is that like her friends always liked her regardless. But then I suppose they weren't they were more than happy to use her to get to get the money so they could go to a concert. Um, Obviously, I'm being a very cynical viewer on this. On this, uh, yeah, this. I think it's a, I think it's a bit cynical. Yeah. <laughs> it has its upbeat moments. Like, obviously, it's like very funny. Like, was it the four four way four four town? town I think it was called four way. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they would have liked to have happened, but you know. Oh, well, well the, the name of the thing didn't really make sense either because there was five of them as well. But they said that didn't yeah the mum said the mum says that yeah she's like there's five of them why are they called four town it's like well uh yeah do you want to explain that i don't know yeah and then and i thought it's like obviously it's like a bit of a jokey film they all have a bit of a laugh the whole red panda aspect of it was kind of funny and like meant to be like they're meant to portray it as cute but then it's actually like already dangerous if you keep the panda but i mean she keeps the panda in the end so it's a bit like okay um but yeah I i don't really i don't really have a lot to say about it I think that's my issue. Um, I thought it was an okay film. I think there's better Disney animated films out there. I think culturally it was interesting to see that aspect of it. Um, 
interesting that they went for a Canada a, a Canadian back backgrounded character. I don't think I've ever seen a Canadian animated character before. Um or Canadian descent. Um yeah, I don't. I honestly have not money, much more input than that. I th- I don't know if I liked the the boy the boys turn around how he was like a bit of an ass. Then he got injured. Then he kind of like was a fan of this group and they all became like buddies. I'm not yeah. sure how I, if I like that or not. But I think the the dad was a nice character in the in the series because you could obviously see he he listens to his wife, but he obviously knows his daughter quite well and wants to do the best for her. And he was a nice character in it all altogether. Um, I wish Dave explained a little bit more why the mum was so gigantic. Um, yeah, I don't know really what else to say. I'm sorry. No, no, of- no. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you on it. Like when I was looking to write the review of it, I was like, I don't really know what to say. Um, I mean. This film, Disney Pixar films are always, to a large extent, for everybody, but they particularly recently are focusing on um, specific cultures or specific, um, you know, times of people's life. And I think that's great. Um, You know, we've had uh, Encanto. I don't think that was Pixar, that was just Disney. But um, Mm. Luca, um, Soul um obviously you had uh inside out which was kind of about a younger girl who's you know growing up and dealing with different emotions uh, and this is kind of like the na- the next step in that um in in that this is about a girl on the onset of puberty um and the transformation into a red panda is a not so subtle metaphor for that um i mean literally you know the 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 color red is very prominent in um female uh, it, it, doesn't the mum like don't they kind of make a like a joke about it in the way the mum reacts when she thinks her daughter's got it yeah i mean she's like you know explaining pads and, and the father's like oh i don't know what to do here now um which i think is probably uh not uncommon <laughs> um i think um yeah whilst this film probably is trying to appeal to a broad audience it also feels oddly specific um to that kind of demographic which i think is again important because disney pixar does have a wide reach and rather than like having to watch you know all the films that obi watches to kind of understand and feel like you're being represented in like all the guys i've loved before and whatever the other ones obi said riverdale and all that sort of stuff they can watch this film and go do you know what pixar are trying to humorously capture what some young girls um, like I was 15 years ago um, <laughs> might be feeling. Um, so in that, I appreciated it from that respect. I mean, you know, it, it was like, oh, this, this is I've not seen this before in Disney, um, which is cool. Um, I kind of initially thought that maybe the Red Panda was in her head and it was kind of like a body dysmorphia type thing and she was like oh my body's ugly and hairy and horrible but no 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 she, she's literally red panda so um <laughs> it wasn't quite as uh, uh subtle as, as maybe i was 
giving it credit for. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the navigation of, of school and bullies and friendship dynamics and parental dynamics was, was fine. Um, I think they maybe missed a trick uh, with of the four diverse girls, them all being presented as heterosexual, I think. I think one of them was gay. Really? Because they all lusted after the, um, the, the kind of checkout guy. There was one moment where um, I think it's the um, Priya, I think was her name, where she was at, when they're at the party. I think they're at a party or something, and she was dancing with a girl with purple hair, and the other girls were like, the uh, her friends were were looking at her like, oh yeah, go on, girl, kind of thing. So I think. There was oh okay, something. I missed that bit then. Fair enough. All right. Um, that was oh, it to be fair, I remember that. I remember that. Attract that comment then. Um, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, so it didn't make me laugh that much though. Um, you know, I think Pixar tend to have quite good humour, um, but I didn't. I found uh, the girl Abby like too OTT. Agreed. It's kind of jarring, um, and and pre- like again, actually, a lot of those girls were quite one-dimensional. <laughs> um, you know, Priya was just a like monotonous uh, character, and, and Abby was the complete opposite, and and they didn't really have much. I don't know, character development for them but you know again maybe that's harsh on a two-hour animated film um so it was yeah. only it was only an hour and a half to be fair it was, really short. it was really short yeah yeah fair enough um so i think i think the the message of it is a lot more is a lot better than than the film um so the it's not as good as the sum of its parts i guess you would say but obi you uh, controversially said in our group chat that uh the quality of pixar films has declined recently yeah, um, justify yourself, and does this uh, continue your your hypothesis? So, just quickly, I want to just like, give my opinion on the film. Um, uh, like you guys, I didn't, I don't love it. Uh, I think, but I think I'm a bit higher on it than the pair of you. I think it's pretty good. Um, I have seen quite a few people um, like online saying like, "Oh, they don't understand this film. It's like the film's not for them." so they don't rate it very highly um and it's like i it's like when people say stuff like that i get it like obviously you're not target target them target demographic but to say you're not you don't understand it i think is strange because like there's nothing in it that's hard to understand um like i'm not a fish but i understand what's going on in finding nemo (laughs) 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 like i don't think i don't like like i don't think it would be that hard to put yourself in like male or female to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's you know 12 13 at that point in your life trying to discover who it is you want to be at the same time um having your parents who say we want you to be like this and from those ages from naught to uh i guess 11 12 your parents majoritarily do mold who you are they mold your personality because they're the ones who raise you so when you get to the point where you know you start going to school you meet new friends you meet new people you learn about new things you decide oh actually no i do like this i like this boy band i like um you know gyrating as she says like i like doing stuff like that and you have to kind of be able to break away from this image that your parents have of you and will probably want to have of you for as long as they can because that's how they try to stay connected to you um so i appreciated that aspect of the film and i think that they did well trying to showcase that especially in i think 
the Asian community where I'm speaking stereotypically because I I don't have I don't have any experience in obviously in that area where I think people are uh, Asian people are expected to like you know that's like they say in the start of the film like obey honor honor your parents like that's like the number one rule kind of thing um, you know and then also like you know do really well in school like you can't fail you can't ever step out of line you have to completely do what you want to do and you have to do exactly what your parents want to do and even when it comes to um uh the mum ming and she's like <laughs> and she's like telling off her telling off her daughter's friends in front of her saying oh you corrupted my daughter into doing blah blah blah, blah. and the girl's so scared of like what her mum her mum what i think that she completely agrees with her and doesn't say actually no it was my idea until later when she gets that extra boost of confidence um and i think that's like a genuine for, for a lot of people um that's a genuine like thing that they have to go through in their lives like having being afraid to like upset your parents and disappoint your parents um, yeah definitely and yeah i i like that they how they showed her having that courage to kind of like be able to actually no do you want to be my own person um i'll slightly disagree with chris in the fact that i think that um in terms of her in terms of her popularity at school and stuff like that i don't think she cared about being i think the, the point of the start of the film was saying like she in outside of her home in school and stuff she is who she is she doesn't give a shit about what anyone else thinks um and how popular she is at school i don't think that no, um, no, no. my point wasn't that she cared about being popular i think the fact that she became more popular was my point that it's a bit sad but yeah again so i don't yeah. think that was a point at the point of the of the film um and i don't think that i don't think that that really affected her in any way um her being her thought of, I don't think she thought oh I'm more popular now because of the panda I don't think that really that thought ever really crossed her mind but again you know different different opinions from different get different takes from the different people watching the film um but I think that um generally yeah Pixar films I think Glenn you were saying I think you said a minute ago they're like they are they are trying a bit more of a catch-all with these with these types of films um and I'm wondering if that if uh because of that it's kind of like they're caught between two like uh what's the word two like not genres but like two uh tones of film so you get a film like this which is kind of a bit more you know a bit more maybe um mature i guess than previous films you get a film like soul which is definitely more mature than films we've got before that are like finding nemo incredibles uh monsters inc for example um where it kind of feels like they're trying to so people like us who were well monsters Inc. come out we were like what 10 11 years old it kind of feels like they're trying to and the fact that they put this film in two set in 2002 and the girl being 13 so she would have been born in 1989 it kind of feels like they're trying to a little bit like grow with us people who are like us who grew up when that pixar generation started that makes sense yeah well in, interestingly also the director uh domi she um it's her directorial well feature length directorial debut she did the short film bow um if mm. you remember that um so she was born in uh 87 so this is very much like her kind of period of growing up as well so she mm. would have been a teenager when there was like you know end things and all of that sort of thing so it's, yeah. it's very much like semi-autobiographical but i think i didn't even think of, of of what you just said there about yeah them growing with us and i think pixar have always been great in you know appealing to 
the very young in terms of like you know Pixar uh, cars Toy Story blah 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 but also having like deeper themes within them that you can read as an adult uh, but I felt that maybe it was more subtle back then mm. is that kind of what you're getting at yeah 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 so yeah. so do you think then when they've become maybe more forthcoming with their themes um obviously soul was like lost um mm. and uh, this is obviously kind of puberty um or like the cultural specifics with um colombia or the mediterranean italy um or day of the dead has that coincided with the the dropping quality um i think do you know what? i just think it's uh i'm gonna backtrack a little bit because i think it's a bit harder for me to say because I also think my age probably has quite a big factor to do with it. Like, I am getting older. Um, the older I get, the less interested I am in, in animated in animated stuff. Like, I think that's just kind of, like, been a natural progression for me. So I think that definitely probably plays a part of it. Like, I'm not as... I'm not as uh, inclined to... Like, if we weren't doing the podcast, I don't know if I would have watched um, Turning Red. Oh, like, really? <laughs> yeah, so, like... You know, it's just this isn't my. I'm not. I'm just not really the specific target demographic for things like this. Whereas things like I'm just thinking like things that I. Grew, so if they bring out two, Toy Story Five, I'm gonna go watch it because I grew up with two, with Toy Story. The newer things like this generation's, this generation's Toy Story, I won't. I wouldn't be that inclined to see. Um, so it might just be for me that like, I am not that target audience anymore. I think. Yeah. Maybe um, it'll be different when you have kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think, yeah, I think, I think, I, I remember Soul being really good and, and, um, what's the I remember us, Coco. I remember, so, Coco, yeah, Coco was really, I remember us talking about Soul and, and my, I think my main takeaway from it was I was like thinking like, will kids enjoy this? But like, as an adult, yeah. I, I actually yeah. enjoyed it quite a bit, but I think as a child, will you, will you understand this? Will you get it? So, mm. yeah. I think, I think it's really good that they are kind of highlighting scenarios or cultures that are very rarely shown on screen let alone an animation yeah. um, and I I personally really like that um, you know getting like a kind of Colombian vibe and, and I know I know that's Disney rather than just Pixar but um, you know Encanto in that regard um, yeah <laughs> um, what was my point going to be I've completely forgotten um, oh yeah I, I think it's a shame that the last three maybe four Three and a half because I know Onward was kind of in cinemas a bit. Um, yeah. They've all gone straight to Disney Plus, um, which I think is a shame because. Are we talking about just Pixar here? Because I think yeah. Encanto, Encanto was in the cinema. Yeah, no, Pixar. So Soul came out like Christmas Day, wasn't it? Two yeah. years ago. Onward was out in the cinemas for a bit, but then went straight to. Yeah, it's just before pandemic, I think Onward came out. Yeah, and Onward was shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Luca, I haven't seen, but I think that went straight to thingy as well. So, <laughs> um, it's a sh- I think it's a shame because you know clearly a lot of money and time and has been spent on these, and, and it's not always going to get seen. You know, I think you know, I don't understand why they're releasing them just straight to to service when cinemas are pretty much back to normal in the UK, especially considering how much money they spend on them. Yeah, but they might have we thought that maybe they might make more money from just keeping it in the in house. 
but the thing is, is they they they've got the rights to keep it in house anyway. So yeah. they would in fact make more money than by releasing it in cinemas. Turning Red cost one hundred and seventy five million. Mm. How much like, did they make? They made eight point four million so far, but it's only been out like two weeks. Yeah, and it's also really hard to quantify how much mm. money something makes on streaming. Mm. I mean, you know, Netflix. I don't know what fucking algorithm they use, but you know, I think Adam Project cost 116 million to make, um, which I think is quite high for Netflix, but kind of bog standard for like a a tentpole film now. Yeah. Um, I'm even like looking now. I'm trying to think like what cho- what like children's films are out right now that it, that it would have to compete with and all i can see is sing 2 yeah exactly um i think what are the next pixar films coming up they've got a um lightyear one right yeah lightyear's i think june i think june or you'd imagine you'd imagine they'd release that in cinemas yeah. do you know i i kind of hope they do yeah and then there's um other untitled films uh coming in uh, June next year, then March and June 2024. Um, um, uh, yeah. is going to be released the 15th of June in cinema, yeah. if, what I've read. I don't know what to think about that one, to be honest, because they've got a different voice for him and a slightly different look, but it's an origin story. So It's based on the, it's based on the astronaut who went to space that the toy is based off. Oh, oh, okay. That makes more sense. So, yeah. So, Buzz Light is the toy of this guy. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Fair enough. Um, You've actually abated some of my uh, concerns about it. Because that's what I was thinking as well. Because I I was like, why the hell have they changed it to Chris Evans? They need to put you in charge of marketing this film then, Chris, because that was not clear to me. (laughs) Fair, fair. I'll take it. I'll take it, um, any any more recent releases or anything you guys have watched that you want to discuss? Turning red. Did any did either of you see the um the bit that related to Coco? No. There was a on the shirt of the the kid that works in the the shop is the same shirt the guy in the Coco band is wearing playing the drums. Oh okay. Yeah. I didn't spot the A113 thing either, which is the Pixar kind of Easter egg that they commonly use. Um, Neither, actually. But there's yeah. always the Pixar theory, isn't it, that's on the internet that links all the films together and everything. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I mean, what else have you guys watched or what are you looking forward to watching in, in the coming weeks? Um, I have started the new season of Top Boy. Um, and I'm probably going to finish it either today or tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to talking about that because um, I do really enjoy that series. Because I've, I've been very like, there's a lot, there's like not a lot I've been really like really wanting to watch at the minute. Like, there's stuff on, but like, there's nothing I'm like, oh yeah, I have to watch this. Like, Top Boy's the only thing I was like, oh yeah, I have to watch this the day it comes out. But other than see, that, I've been very. See, I have the same thing. That's why I started. That's why I watched Buffy from the beginning to the end. Not you. Enjoyed it and it was interesting to see the beginning of the end of and to the end of it. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just going back to series that I that I wanted to watch that I'm just going to watch through. Yeah. So 
even contemplated lost, but I still, because I know the ending, I still just don't want to. Um, but I'm trying to think what else I'm watching on on Netflix. No, I'm watching House. I'm rewatching House. Okay. That's for me. I don't even know what that cinema. So. I'm gonna watch. You know, I think Glenn, you've seen the trailer for that film called Ambulance, the Michael Bay film. Yeah. I mean, it looks terrible. I'm gonna go watch it anyway. Yeah, hey. I mean, I am. Uh, did I review watch Dog? No, it looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't bother. But they think there's a couple of films out that I thought should I bite the bullet and go see them? So Phantom of the Open and um, there's a film called The Duke as well. I think. Oh, you... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but these. British comedies yeah. featuring old people yeah. just do not do anything for me. Like yeah. the trailers for both of them look shit. Yeah, agreed. And Mark Rylance is a good actor, and the films might be fine, but I reckon they're probably films my mum would like rather than me. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, why are you making a film about this? What but, about you? I mean, any film you're going to you're going out the way to watch? Well, there's a a Korean. Um, horror thriller that's showing for one day at Odeon on Tuesday called Uma, um, featuring Sandra Oh, so I'm going to watch that. I have no idea what it's going to be about, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, cultural, in it. So um, I'm going to watch Cult- that. Uh, other than that, I'm not really sure what else is, yeah, coming out. I've watched, I've added a few things. I'm trying to make more of my Disney Plus membership, but Pam and Tommy isn't really doing it for me. Mm. Um, the first episode was good. It was quite chaotic and I enjoyed the energy of it. But after that point, it's kind of gone downhill. Um, Watch 24. Watch 24. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Um, and I also watched a film, talking of 24, called No Exit, which has got the guy who played the president in it. Um, huh? The guy a really deep voice. Oh, my, my, that's my president. Oh, my, that was my first black president. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's in a film called No Exit, which is a Hulu original, but it's it's not very good. Um, I, I don't even think I did an Instagram review of it. Maybe I did, but not one. Um, about a girl who gets kidnapped and everyone, because of a snowstorm, is kept in a, a visitor centre and it's kind of like, a, ooh, who can you trust? But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll watch Moonlight in 10 days, but there's not... I'm literally flicking through the Odeon thing. Morbius is supposedly coming out on April 1st, but oh, yeah. what are the chances that gets pushed back? Oh, did not... we talk about the DC films getting pushed back? Oh, no, we didn't. But after Batman and their little teaser... Um... Do you know what a shit show that is? <laughs> that That's is so mental. funny. It's so it's bad. Like, it was like three days after they released Batman and they had a teaser for, this is what's coming in 2022. And they're like, I know all of them are being pushed back. So apart bad. from Shazam, which has been brought forward. But um, Did you watch? Did you stay to the end then when you rewatched Batman? No, I didn't, you know. I left. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so we are getting Shazam this year, and they're putting it up against Avatar too. So, um... yeah, that's a bit mental. <laughs> that's a bit mental. I mean, the even problem, yeah, the problem. Is, no, I don't care for Avatar two. Everyone's going to want to see it just to see. If yeah. It, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's. It, I try and think. Um, we need to discuss things outside of superheroes and Marvel. But uh, to be honest, it's the only decent shit that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> You're After I came back from watching X, I said to Laura, and I was like, she was like, well, how was the film? I was like, no, it wasn't very good. I was like, I just need to stick to superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, your bread, it's, a, it's our bread and butter, man. It's our bread and butter. It's what doesn't pay the bills. Um, you can Sonic the Hedgehog 2, yeah? I ain't seen Sonic the Hedgehog 1. 
Oh, you're missing out. Epic, mate. It's actually pretty. It's actually pretty good. Better, yeah. better than Detective Pikachu, in my opinion. Oh, I, I will not have this slander, mate. In my opinion. Wow. Oh, actually, you had another controversial question. I don't know if you want to get into on the pod. Uh, what was it about? What was it about say? Fantastic Beasts. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, yes. So my question was about. Um, so, uh, Sony put out a state of play video thing, which was basically showing about the new Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy game that they're putting out. And I see a lot of people on social media kind of saying that they won't buy the game, they won't support the game because of um, uh, J.K. Rowling's comments um, against uh, transgender people. So my question uh, to the group or to you guys was kind of a thing of where like, um, should we, like how, I'm trying to make, how, how, do I, how do I navigate this question? um how do we kind of like show can we show our support for like that we don't support what jk rowling says but then also go to buy or buy or do things that put money in our pocket so i particularly not gonna lie i want to buy the harry the harry potter game and also i am going to go to see fantastic beasts but then i'm also like fuck jk rowling's comments about that but then me going to see the film contributes to you know putting money and in their pocket so mm. i was kind of thinking like, how do we you know is there is there room for conversation in this uh... i think to quote top boy it's a sticky one still but um i <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't suit me does it um i think with things like films and games and tv and stuff it, participating in the the medium is in my opinion, not condoning what that person has said. Mm. Um, and I think there needs to be a separation there. Um, I don't, I mean, you said that JK Rowling has written these films, which is different to the Harry Potter films because she didn't write those. So mm. she does have a more of an involvement than I thought she would because I thought she was very much just going to be like a, you know, executive producer, mm. which is kind of like, well, she she's probably already been paid up front for, you know, she might get a bit off the back, but she's kind of, this is now Warner Brothers thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think it's different with, like, the books, because she's pretty much, you know, there's a smaller team involved, and she's pretty, she's written that, and, um, you know, there's, there's not kind of more people that uh, rely on this for their income, as mm. with the film um, or the game, and that's... Um, you know, one of the things that I think is important is that you can disagree with what J.K. Rowling says and you can protest against the film or whatever, but she she she's not going to go broke if you don't watch this film. Mm. Whereas there are people who are working, you know, contract to contract. And if this film doesn't make that much money, then they might, you know, suffer financially. Um, and they're in a worse position than J.K. Rowling would be. So what I think is important to remember is that there are more people who work on these films and games other than J.K. Rowling. And yes, she writes the film. And that's a big part of it. But it's acted by Jude Law. It's directed by whoever. It's someone had did the catering. Someone did, you know, and it's important to if you want to see those films, celebrate those people's achievement rather than think, well, I'm just going to fuck this film off because of J.K. Rowling. 
And I mean, look, I'm not bothered about this film. I'm, I'm not looking forward to seeing it particularly. Um, so, you know, J.K. Rowling's comments are not going to sway me either way. But, you know, I mean, people watched the second one when there was all that controversy about Johnny Depp. Mm. Um, and I think Chris had a, a good point about um, some other figures within Hollywood who have similar controversies. Do you want to expand on that, Chris? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so, like, I guess a uh, key example is Kevin Spacey and how he was in the controversy of uh, doing stuff with kids. Am I right? Yeah, younger. Yeah. Younger adults, yeah. He, he, all, all that really happened to him is that he stopped being in Hollywood, but people still watch all his movies and TV series as far as I'm aware. I don't hear anyone boycotting Baby Driver or... or um, uh, House of Cards. I have. I know. Uh, got, sorry, quick. Got, sorry, Chris. Quickly, yeah. did Baby did Baby Driver come out before oh, or after those allegations? Before. So, okay. but I, I mean, if people, it, if you see Baby Driver on the TV, mm. you would still watch it if you like the film Baby Driver, even though he's in it. And yeah. then I know, I know House of Cards and was it Money something? They got rid of him out of it. But there, are, I'm sure there's plenty. Of, like who's who's the guy who is it? Casey. Affleck, he still does films. Yeah. You know, and like... Yeah, I mean, Amber Heard's still in the second Aquaman film. Exactly. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people. And like, I guess, if you're going to go for a real broad scope, you could say like, there could be plenty of people within the the film and TV industry that do bad things, but never get brought to light because they're not as famous as these people. But I think the biggest biggest, uh, thing is what you said, actually, like the fact that there's thousands of people working on this job and you boycotting it is probably going to be more effective of them than it is of J.K. Rowling. Mm. To play devil's advocate, don't, like those people probably get paid though. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but, yeah but, if you... Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, to the extent that, you know, if if a fourth Fantastic Beast film doesn't get made, J.K. Rowling's you know, going to miss out on whatever, mm. but she's still got bare money, whereas mm. some people might rely on that you know might be contracted like oh if there's a fourth one made you've got the gig type thing mm-hmm. um, but uh, and also i guess it's it's comes down to ethics and morals and stuff like that but yeah you know with, with other controversial figures um you know i if you said what's one of the best twist ending films ever i'd still say usual suspects you know kevin space is in that one of the best kind of crime dramas is seven seven spaces in that like it kind of does put a little tinge on those films but i think you can still enjoy those films because you know you've got to separate the the, art the, from the, artist. the characters he plays yeah. from what he did and i know that for some people that would be more you know, ethically ambiguous than mm. than for others, and and that's absolutely fine. I think also the one thing about J.K. Rowling, and I think you've discussed it before, Obi, is that she kind of she keeps doubling down on yeah on on this. Um, yeah, she's not it, at all. Yeah, I mean, the other controversies are maybe maybe not wrapped up, but you know, like they're they're kind of doesn't seem like they're still continuing, whereas she keeps things up and it's like look 
JK, if you have your opinion, you can have your opinion. But just stop. She's got an important, you know, she's got a voice that a lot of people have access to. And that's mm. uh, dangerous as well. If you know, She's spouting things that are potentially going to cause upsets people. Yeah. She also wrote a book about um, a cross-dressing serial killer. So I thought that was a bit more... <laughs> Oh, she doesn't fucking help us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, to be honest, I majority agree with what you guys are saying. Um, but I was kind of like thinking like something just didn't quite sit with me about it. Like, and I, I, I like me, I love films in it. So like, I'm going to go see Fantastic Beast. But, you know, I do a lot of things I should, that I probably shouldn't do. So, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really. I think it'd be different if she was writing a film about a trans woman. Yeah. And their experiences, because you'd be like, "Ah, this is clearly coming from a place of like hate." Mm. Whereas, hopefully, Fantastic Beasts doesn't touch on any of that subject matter, so you can you don't have to kind of unpick what the meaning behind it would be. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. Um. I would also say as well that like um. I'm going to speak for myself, I'm going to speak for you too, like anything that I say in relation to this, for anyone listening to it, take it with a pinch of salt because I do realise I'm not part of the transgender community so it might be a bit harder for me to, obviously it's harder for me to see from that perspective because it could, like majoritarily it's probably a lot more hurtful to them coming from seeing that, especially if you're, imagine if you're a fan of Harry Potter as well and like you are, um, and a transgender part of the transgender community and you see someone coming out and saying all these things like it must be really like really difficult for for someone who's in that situation and i can't i can't relate so you know. yeah i think that's a fair point and, and that definitely applies to me as well and to concur with that. i think it's also interesting because in some ways like the polyjuice potion and transfiguration mm. and stuff like that you can see that as people like being able to change their mm. gender identity and that could have been quite powerful for some people mm. um, but then she kind of undermines it with, with her rhetoric yeah uh so um, shut, shut up just, just quickly actually no don't worry i'll wait till we, till we start recording <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't want it on celluloid all right fair enough i'll, I'll pretend to stop recording um but- I agree with you though, Ibs. Like, obviously, it's, we don't know the point of view, so we can only take it from outside perspective. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, um, obviously, do get involved in our discussion. Um, you know, let us know if you have a different opinion to us. You know, the you know we can learn from this. Um, you know, our opinions aren't necessarily right, um, and it is a debate. So you can tweet us at YC Podcast Seventeen. Uh, we're on Instagram as Beverage Critics. Um, and you know, on the lighter stuff as well, we've got film reviews on there. Uh, tweet us any questions, um, and yeah, tune in next time. Keep it sexy. Peace. <laughs>